Today's episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, will not be heard at this time, so we can bring you the following special. to watch South Park, but they are also movie marks. They like to watch all the good and bad films. So now they will take a trip down memory lane. This is a South Park special. They will talk about movies. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast as we once again go to the movies. And I couldn't go to the movies alone. I had to go with Mr. Fro. Yo, 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 it's Mr. Fro and I don't have to go. To the bathroom? <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, uh, it is good to have you back, Fro, even if it is for one episode. Um, and this special episode here, we are going to talk about, um, the fourth movie that Trey Parker and Matt Stone have, well, the fourth movie that you and I have reviewed that Trey Parker and Matt Stone have done, but this is their third one. If you're going in chronological order. Um, yes. And it is the movie Basketball. Yes. Uh, and it's maybe one of those titles that are really hard for a Norwegian to say. Because it's like, oh, is it baseball? No. Is it <laughs> basketball? No. It's baseball. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I don't remember when I was a kid seeing any commercials for this movie. I really don't. Uh, no, and um, it's also kind of interesting that this is this movie. Uh, they don't have anything to do with it other than than being actors. Mm-hmm. They don't have a role in the production or no, they don't uh, directing. Yeah, so, and. And I think we should get on that, um, or at least I will towards the end when we're done reviewing the movie. Um, but, yeah, they they are basically just the stars of the movie. They have mm-hmm. no production decision, no writing decision whatsoever in this. And I, I think that also makes this one of the weakest movies. I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's funny, but it's not hilarious. Right. Um. So why don't we get into a little bit of detail before um we start reviewing this movie? We already told you who stars in it: Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, this movie is directed by David Zucker. Now to. Some of you movie buffs, uh, this name may sound very familiar because he directed some of the better comedies that have been out in the last 30, 40 years 
uh, in cinema history, including the Kentucky Fried movie, which he was a screenwriter for, uh, Airplane, Ruthless People, and he directed the first two Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So, so much better movies, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I would say Airplane mm-hmm. is my favorite of those. I love Airplane. Oh, that's such a funny movie. Somebody told me they hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, what? Oh. I know, it's a classic. Um, David Zucker was also the producer of the movie, along with Bob Lokash. That's a interesting name. And Gil Netter. And David Zucker also was a writer of the movie, along with Bob Lokash, Jeff Wright, and Louis Friedman. Uh, this was produced, or the production company was Universal Pictures, and it was distributed by Universal Pictures. Its release date was July 31st, 1998. Had a budget of $23 million, and only made $7 million in the box office in North America. Yeah, that's saying something for this movie. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. So, now that we got the notes out of the way, I think we should dive into the movie. Yeah, let's. Alright, so here we go with this week's review of the movie, Basketball. Our movie begins in 1977? Yeah, well, there's a reason. Because our main characters, Joe Cooper and Doug Reamer, played by Trey Parker and Matt Stone respectively, as kids... Well, yeah, well, yeah, as kids, were at Game 6 of the 1977 World Series with the New York Yankees and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, Fro, I know you're not familiar with your sports history, so I'll just give you a, a brief lesson to maybe help you understand that first scene. I actually I actually read upon this. Oh, I good. That this is, yeah, this is one of the biggest, like, upsets of the... Uh, Sport history, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, Reggie Jackson, in Game 6, had three home runs in that game. And that was the game that clinched the world championship for the New York Yankees. Pardon me, that year. So, as Jackson hits the third home run, Cooper ends up catching the ball. And he's amazed, and he's like, Someday, I'm going to be a big sports star. Well, we fast forward many years, and we see him, and he's like, Someday, I'm going to own a big sports bar. (laughs) Well, Coop and Reamer, uh, they end up crashing a party of a former high school student, and apparently they weren't really liked. Right. Yeah, so, um, they end up, at first they end up making uh, basketball shots, and then a couple of these high-class jerks, because, you know, they they got the sweater around the neck, and I I hate that. That, That's something I've never liked. Um, they challenge them to a game of basketball, but they have their own set of rules, and... I really didn't catch it at first, but then I caught it right away. 
they're making these rules off the top of their heads. Oh, yeah, definitely. So they're basically, at this party, inventing the game of basketball. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. So they end up beating the other team. And this is the part that... uh, This is something that I caught. I don't know if you caught it or not. They never got the money. No, they never got the money. And oh. here, here's the part of it that's kind of ironic. Uh, I think the movie would change so much style if they hadn't gotten the money. Mm-hmm. It would be a, a, a completely different story. Mm-hmm. I, I have a couple of ideas, but like I said, I'll save them for when we're done with this movie. So... The next day, they go, or they're at their house, and their buddy, who's Nick, who they nicknamed Squeak, uh, comes by, and he has a job as a gas man, and he has to turn off their, their gas, because they're three months right. late on the gas bill. Well, they have a dog, and the dog goes after Squeak, and they end up making a deal with them. If you can make this mm-hmm. shot, you could cut off our gas. But if you mm-hmm. miss this shot, you have to let us keep it for a few more weeks. So they he takes the shot, he clearly misses, and the gas stays on. Well, the whole sport of basketball starts catching on. And yeah. Squeak ends up not only living with them because he got fired from his job and okay. apparently the dog likes to go after him, um, but they end up becoming a team. And they have their own... That, that's, that's, that's one of the... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, come on. No, I was just going to mention the next part. No, that's... Uh, that's one of the things that... that amazes me in this movie is like they 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 don't really uh, take the time to build up the characters we know the characters through the game instead of knowing the characters before the game mm-hmm. uh, we understand that there are uh, lousy lazy people that didn't really come up to anything yeah uh, but uh, but other than that uh, it's more or less like Oh, they are lazy motherfuckers. Pretty much. Doesn't do anything. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, you have to be pretty down on your luck and economy to uh, have to play a game to keep your uh, gas bill on. Mm Mm-hmm. So we get to their quote-unquote league championship game, and. Right. And Cooper and Reamer win the game. They win the championship. Well, apparently there was somebody there that night that had very, was very interested in this game. And it was a businessman by the name of Ted Denslow, who is portrayed by Academy Award winning actor. Yes, they got an Academy Award winning actor in this movie, Ernest (laughs) Borgnine. Mm. who won his Academy Award for the movie Marty. Yeah. 
which is a movie I like. Marty! That's a good one. Anyway, so, so, he, so Denzel talks about how the way professional sports are today at this time is mm-hmm. not the sports that, you know, a lot of people grew up on because they're doing celebrations and they're fighting and, you know, they're trying different things and it's just not working. And one of the things, which is true, and and this was the case for a while, was teams were relocating to different cities. And it it was mentioned in the beginning of the movie, but I didn't want to bring that up because I figured out... Sorry. It's okay. So, so Mr. Denslow is like, well, I want to take your league. I want to take basketball. And I want to make it into a national sport. And he wants to create the National Basketball League. And the things that he wants to do, teams can't switch cities. Players can't be traded. Individuals can't make money by corporate sponsors. And anybody can play it. So basically, Fro, you and I, we could play basketball. Yeah, we could play basketball. Sorry. That's okay. So we move forward five years. And by this point, basketball has become a national sport. And we're at the championship game, which happens to be known as the Denzel Cup. Yeah. And here we see Coop and Reamer as they represent the Milwaukee Beers. They are playing in the championship game against the Dallas Felons. So, Cooper comes up, and he's going for the winning shot. So, he's going for the winning shot. You know, this is going to be it. This is going to win the championship. Well, Mr. Denslow is there. He's sitting with his hot new wife, played by Jenny McCarthy. And he's about ready to make what could be the game-winning shot. To win the championship. However, you you okay, Fro? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. So, all of a sudden, tragedy happens. As Mr. Denslow chokes on a hot dog. I, I know, it sounds a little weird, but it actually happened. And... Cooper, seeing this happening, drops the ball, and the team loses. And the the Beers lose the championship. Meanwhile, he's trying to help Mr. Denslow, and he does CPR, and it's sort of a good scene, because when he's doing the CPR, the hot dog goes up, and it goes out. Goes up, goes out, goes up, goes out. Yeah, the hot dog goes up and up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Denslow died from eating a hot dog, which is why you always chew, people. You always chew your yeah. food. Yeah. 
don't forget that. Yep. And don't forget to swallow. Mm-hmm. So, Cooper's leaving the arena, and he sees a van full of young kids, and there's a young lady there who's played by Yasmin Bleeth. And <clears throat> they are from the Dream Come True Foundation. And, you know, Cooper's being really nice, and he signs some autographed basketballs for the kids. And Reamer comes up, and he tries to be nice, and he asks one of the kids to catch a ball. Well, he throws the ball, and it hits him square in the face, and Yasmin's like, um, yeah, he's blind. So, after that, we then go to the will reading. And before I go into that, I, um, I, I have to explain this because all that will reading stuff, I, I want to, you know, basically debunk a myth once and for all. Mm. That kind of crap never happens in real life. It really doesn't. It's all for the movies. It's all for TV. I know. You're relieved, bro. <laughs> I am relieved. You are. So, um, Mr. Denslow made a video of everybody getting different things. Yeah. Well, the owner of the Dallas Felons, Baxter Kane, who is played by Robert Vaughn, is there at the will reading as well, supporting Jenny McCarthy's character. So now we get to two important parts. The first part is the Dream Come True Foundation. They get season tickets for the Milwaukee Beers, which surprises you. I, I, I have to say, it's, it's uh, McCarthy may be the best actor in this movie. I don't know. I, I, th I, 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 I think she's up there because I don't think even Trey or or Parker is like. I I feel like they are kind of phoning it in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. If if you see, for example, if you go back to Orgasmo or. Uh, uh, or one of their other older movies. It feels like they have more presence mm -hmm. in that kind of movies. But uh, now that they don't have to, I mean, be behind the production or don't have to be directing it or yeah, uh, in other way being involved with the movie, it feels like their acting skills are kind of on par. I, uh, so, yeah. I could see your point with that, actually. Um, although I would say Yasmin Bleeth was probably the best because we see her more than Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. McCarthy's in like a few scenes, but that's really about it. And I like the dig they are doing here uh, for uh, for uh, like the Dream mm -hmm. Dreams Foundation. Yeah. I, I I like that uh, Make-A-Wish is so uh, important for WWE, so it, it makes it even more funny for 
for us that is interested in wrestling right. that they are kind of taking a crap on WWE by also taking a crap on uh, the foundation that they are involved with. Well, I think we gotta, I mean, I think we should put on, point out real quick that Yes, at that time, WWE was doing stuff for Make-A-Wish Foundation, but it wasn't as big and publicized as it is today. I think that's something we should point out. Um, Okay, now to the most important part. Who gets ownership of the team? And in the end, it ends up being Joe Cooper. He ends up owning the team, which surprises everybody. Jenny McCarthy thought she was going to get ownership of the team, but it ends up being Joe Cooper. However, Mr. Denslow put in a condition. The condition is they have to win the championship this coming season or, or else McCarthy gets the team. And, and I, I like her, that's maybe why I like her character so well, because she becomes kind of the, she becomes the villain. Mm-hmm. So, after that, um, Mr. Denslow asks for everybody to leave and have a private talk with Cooper. Uh-huh. Well, nobody leaves. Everybody stays. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. we get this weird scene where Mr. Denslow talks about curing crabs and all this stuff. And then it leads to one of the few funny moments in the movie where he is He's singing, I'm too sexy. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy. It hurt. And it's just like... It is. It is too sexy. I mean, it's just... Oh my gosh. That is incredible. It's so sexy. It hurts. So, we fast forward to the first game of the new season. And they're playing a team from Miami. And Mil- or the Beers win the game. After the game, which, oh, by the way, happened to be on free-range chicken night, I love mm-hmm. I loved the sponsored night jokes. Those are really funny. Um, so Baxter Kane tries to have a talk with Cooper about, you know, now that you're an owner, we could try to change things about the league. We can have sponsorships, we can make more money. And Cooper's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm, You know, this is my game. I created it. You know, I'm not going to change it. Uh, right. So... There, there's there's something about... Uh, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of... I mean, it's kind of weird. It's... It's... It's, uh, it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. It it's is. It's extremely hard. Yeah. So, as this is going on, Cooper <clears throat> and Jenna, they start to develop, at first, just a friendship. 
And she talks about one of the kids named Joey. And he's going in for a big operation, like a a liver transplant. So, So Cooper ends up going to the hospital to meet Joey. And Jenna, and from like this point, like there's like a 15, 20 minute point where this is the best part of the movie, I thought. So Joey is woken up and Jenna's like, hey, Joey, guess who's here? And he's like, my biological father? And he's like, no, 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 no. So Cooper gets to talking. And an end, and Reamer ends up joining in, because really he's only there to hit on Jenna. And they end up doing a thing where Joey's wish was to spend the day with the beers before he has his surgery. Well, we get to see some of the stuff that they do. They get to mow the lawn. Rake the leaves, fix a car, eat strawberries, eat strawberries, go to a bar, have a few drinks. Wait, wait, what? Or, or was it vanilla? I think it was some vanilla as well. They got to taste some mm-hmm. vanilla. Well, they do end up going to the bar. <laughs> they end up taking a kid to the bar, and they end up doing shots. I don't know how this passed, bro. I really don't. So, so they realize that the game is about to start, and Reamer sort of digs Cooper into this position of like, you know what? He's going to hit a home run for you tonight. And Joe's like, really? And And then he's like, you know what? I bet he could hit two home runs. No way! Really? And then he's like, you know I what? I think I could score. I think I could score 15 on home run. <laughs> well, it was actually three, but... <laughs> so while this is going on, Squeak sees this girl, and this girl has the hots for him. <sighs> yeah. So, Cooper then has a talk with Reamer, and he basically bashes his head with a with a plank, you know, at a bar, when you go in and out of the bar if you're the bartender. Mm-hmm. So we get to the game. I, wish, I almost wish somebody would bash my head, if you know what I mean. Hmm. <laughs> uh, give me a few thousand dollars and a chair and I'll meet you there. <laughs> so well, we end up head. going... So they go to the game. They're all hungover. And... Mm-hmm. Cooper hits, or he shoots two home runs. Meanwhile, Joey is getting prepared for his surgery, and the doctors are looking, and he's like, his his blood levels are through the roof. You know, it's like he went on a drink or something. So then, Cooper tries for his, he tries to get the third home run, which would win the game. And it's like, he made a promise to a special boy that he's going to hit three home runs. Well, he didn't quite make it, and they lost the game. 
So then, this is where it gets really funny. They run to the hospital. They try to go to see Joey. And he's like, no! He's gone! Why? Why did I kill him? And the nurse is like, um, he's actually in the next room. So they go to the next room, and it's the morgue. Why? Why? Why did I miss that shot? And the nurse is like, no, he's he's in ICU. So they go to the IC room, and this is... How would you describe this, Fro? Was this like part Three Stooges, part Marx Brothers kind of slapstick comedy here? Yes, this is so good. So, Joey is recovering from his operation, and he's doing fine. Well, Coop talks to the kid, and he ends up sitting on a breathing tube. And it it just starts to make things go crazy. Like, he pops up, and he can't really breathe, and then Coop gets up and he goes and he's able to lay down and start breathing again. Reamer then comes over and he sits on the breathing tube and the kid comes back up and he's, you know, trying to live. So then they decide to get uh, one of those shock pads. I can't think of the name of it, but you know which one I'm talking about, right? The one where you... Yeah. Uh, when, uh, where, where you get it on your chest and yeah. then you get electricity through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at first they give him... Uh, I, I need that. <laughs> so they give him like 5,000 volts and Squeak is trying to help him and it's not really working. And then they try 10,000 volts and on the 10,000 volts Squeak goes right through into the laundry chute. And then they try 15,000, and they try again, and it doesn't quite work. And then they get a, a, a needle, and they're going to give him some kind of shot when the nurse comes in. And she tries to stop him, and they end up going into an outlet, and because <laughs> of this, the whole hospital loses electricity, and this everyone is... scene of the movie. This is... This is the best. So they end up losing power, and Cooper and Reamer, they start acting like Braveheart or somebody, and they're like, I love you. Oh, I love you too, man. So they end up leaving the hospital. Well, um, Cooper is at his home, and Jenna comes over. And she tells the, him about an incident that happened at the hospital that night where apparently a bunch of terrorists dressed up as basketball <laughs> players went into the hospital. Yes. <laughs> By the way, was that a, a Yank trying a Scottish accent? Uh, yeah, those were two Yankees trying Scottish accents. Yeah. Yep. So, at this point, we start to see that Jenna and Coop, they're starting to, you know, maybe hit it off a little bit. And Reamer and Squeaks, they get involved and sort of ruin the scene for Cooper. And you know what Yank uh, rhymes with, right? Bank? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that too. Tank. Frank. I don't know. Skank. Mm-hmm. Am I am I close? Wank. Oh yeah. Wank. Yeah. You're right. Bloody wankers. Yes. Um. <laughs> um. So. So then we get into. Then we get into a very interesting scene, because. Um. Baxter Kane realizes he can't really get to Cooper, but maybe he could get to Reamer. And he invites Reamer over to his office. And he's got a he's got a lot of very valuable sports stuff. I mean, he's got Ty Cobb's baseball bat, he's got Kareem Abdul Jabbar's goggles, Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's sneakers. He's even got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So he tries to get Reamer to convince Cooper to change his stance on the league. You know, so they can make more money. So at the next game, Reamer intentionally misses the shot, or a shot. And Cooper realizes something is wrong. And Reamer's like, Cooper, we, Mr. Kane's got some good ideas. I think we should go into him. And then they go into this argument of, dude. 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 And I, I, I feel like maybe it, the movie kind of loses itself mm-hmm. from here. Uh, from here and in, I feel like it's like, okay, they've told the joke they want to tell, mm-hmm. uh, more or less. And it's like, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is hard uh, to keep uh, something going on for that long. Yeah. Uh, and keep it hard on for so long as well. It's like, it's the three Bs, as we say in Norway. Yeah. So, eventually, what Cooper decides is he's going to let all the members of the team have a share in ownership of the Milwaukee Beers and have part in in decisions of what to do with the team. So, this Mm -hmm. is... This is sort of an important moment in the movie. So then, and I think that that's one of the reasons why it's such an important part of the movie that it kind of loses the point of it. Mm-hmm. So then, um, they get into a position where they're gonna they're one game away from making the playoffs. And they end up making the playoffs. But Jenna comes over and she tells them that the funding for the foundation has been cut off. And she's not sure what she's going to do. Well, Baxter Kane comes over and he tells them, you know, I could help you guys make sure that your girlfriend, and it's referring to Coop, 
you know, that her little organization stays going. So it doesn't go into chapter 11 or 12, 13, 14. So he shows them this I this idea of clothing, you know, apparel for the Milwaukee beers. And Cooper's not really into it at first, but Reimer's like, you know, this isn't a bad idea. And it's like, you know, it's to, you know, it would be to help her. All the proceeds would go to her. And Reimer is the one who ends up deciding to go for it because they're co-owners now. And then we start to get into this whole thing where Reimer gets a big head and they you know, are starting to split apart here as friends and teammates. And I, I think his head is maybe a little too big. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you think? Oh, definitely. It's like, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it is kind of hard to push in. Yeah. It is. So, they end up uh, clinching a spot in the championship game. And then after they clinch a spot in the championship game, this is where the friendship basically takes a turn for the worse. Because Baxter Kane comes into the locker room and he basically threatens to blackmail them. More or less. More or less. Because he shows pictures of kids working on this merchandise in Calcutta. And if the public finds out and if Jenna finds out, it's all ruined. So all Cooper and Reamer have to do is not show up for the last for the next game, which the next game happens to be the championship game. So and as we all know, Americans have to show up. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So Yanks. yeah, I know we're terrible. We have to show up. So um, so after that, Jenna comes in, and she sees the she saw the pictures, and she can't believe that these two would be associated with this. And then they get into this argument, Cooper and Reamer, and they end up deciding, you know what? I don't need you. I don't need you either. I'm not your best friend anymore. So then, Cooper starts taking a drive. And there's a song playing. And this is a made-up song because it basically talks about the stuff that's going on in the movie. So he then turns the car around and we see that he ends up going to Calcutta. And then, all of a sudden, we get an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Wow. Yeah, in the middle of the movie, we get an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Um. Yeah. And they do a piece on Coop because he has not been seen in days. And what we find out 
is that Cooper has gone to Calcutta to basically fix the child labor situation or what we think is going to be the you know the whole situation so now we get to the championship game it's the Denslow Cup 5 and they're playing the Dallas Felons the team that Baxter Kane owns for the championship well Reamer is there but the whole team feels down because Cooper isn't there and Reamer's got bling on him. He's got rings. He's got necklaces. It's like, yeah, you know what? Just put your back on me. We're going to win this championship. And then all of a sudden, here comes Coop back on the team. And we get a little bit of a situation. So the team's not doing very well um, playing in this championship game. They're really not. And the kids at the foundation are watching the game. And Jenna says, why are you watching this? You shouldn't be watching this filth. So they change the channel and it's Unsolved Mysteries. And we end up getting an update on Cooper and what happened. So we're told that Cooper went to Calcutta and he changed the law are changed that the child laborers are gone it's adult workers now and they have desks and they're doing this and basically cooper with his good heart went and changed everything and i'm so happy he won wait we haven't gotten to that part yet oh <laughs> so jenna takes the kids to the arena or tries to then we have the halftime act because as we know all championship games need to have a halftime act um so during this cooper and reamer they get into a fight and it's squeak who ends up convincing them what are you two doing you're ruining your friendship everything that we worked for you know, we were nothing. We were, you know, losers. And now look at where we are. And you guys are just going to throw away all of this. And they're like, you know what? He's right. We got to get this back together. So as they're making this comeback, the kids and Jenna are in the taxi trying to get to the arena. And she asks the driver if he can go any faster. And the driver is legendary car driver Dale Earnhardt. So he puts it in the, he puts his pedal to the metal, and he drives really fast. And then, sadly, three years later, he would die in a racing accident. Anywho, um, so the beers, they're down two runs. They're in the last half of the inning. They can win the championship. And Cooper comes up, and he gets his favorite ball, which he made out of a lazy boy chair. Well, just as he's about to make the shot, the ball pops. And the ball, it, it just deflates. And he's shocked. This is his favorite ball. This and, is and how, how, how strange is that? Because it would never ever deflate if I had it. You, you, you know, in a weird way, 
this is sort of a good scene. Because... It is. I know. Because it's like, you've played this game your whole career or your whole adult life yeah. with this one ball. Yeah. And then, I like that too. But. And then this happens. Well, they call the timeout, and here come the kids, and here's Joey. And Joey gives Cooper the ball that he gave to Joey. And mm-hmm. and then he tells him, Jen, you know, Jenna said that I could grow up to be whatever I want, and I want to be a basketball player just like you. And this gives Cooper enough, you know, energy, that, that, that little push for him to go up for that last shot. So... He goes up. He takes the shot. He misses. Dallas tries to get the double play to end the game. The, the two <laughs> players miss. Reamer comes up. He tries to make a shot. Misses. And Cooper gets one last chance. And he takes a backward shot. And the ball goes through the hoop. And the Bears win the championship. And they're celebrating. They can't believe it. They've actually won the championship. And then, you know, they're all celebrating. And then Cooper starts to make out with Jenna. And then Squeak, he starts to make out with the girl at the bar who's probably 8 to 10 inches taller than him. And Reamer, feeling sort of left out, sees um, Yvette, which is uh, Jenny McCarthy's character, and they start to make out. So then, after they, you know, are making out celebrating, here comes Reggie (laughs) Jackson. And Cooper goes to have a talk with him. And he's like, I was at that game. It's because of you that I became an athlete. And Jackson's talking about, oh, that's awesome, man. You know, I have the two, the first two home run balls, but I don't have the third one that some little shit took the ball that night and Cooper's like I don't have the ball and then they start celebrating the championship and that's the end of the movie that's basketball that is the end of the movie and they need they get to hold the pokal it's it kind of looks like a Norwegian cook uh, the pokal Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I I think the the profile is yeah it's kind of yeah yeah um well why don't you give your thoughts on this movie oh this is uh, it's kind of it's it, it is hard to talk about this movie I feel because. Uh, of my placement. I mean, it's it's kind of in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, mm-hmm. uh, humor-wise. Uh, I I like to take it slow, but not that slow. Uh, I feel like the movie is going a little too slow. Um, uh, it, it's a okay movie but it's absolutely nothing more and I feel like as a Scandinavian that can 
go all night long. I, I, I just feel like it doesn't really grasp me. And I, I would like to grasp, have something to grasp. I like it when it's kind of like it's big and funny and and luscious and and, and nice and round and mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like I like it that uh, like that. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, this this movie is kind of you say for me it's kind of strange. I I I, I just uh, it, it is it is kind of everything at once and it's trying a little too hard. I, I like I like it when it's trying trying, but I don't like it when it's trying too hard. Mm-hmm. So now I will give this movie a four out of of ten. Alright. It's a little yeah. Um I thought it had some good moments in the movie. Um, Obviously, the scene with the kid, Joey, and the whole hospital scene is just absolutely hilarious. I mean, it really is. Um, But for me, I, I think what I had a problem with was there were too many holes that never got filled. Like, you had something starting, and then it just Mm -hmm. never developed. Like, like, okay, like the high school. Like, the the, the opening few minutes, the high school scene. What Mm -hmm. did those people who at that party treated the main characters basically like shit think about when these two guys became successful. I wanted to see right. something from that, and we never yeah. got it. And then another thing was the whole, um, I, I guess the whole ownership thing. I would have liked to have seen more of that. Um, I don't think it's the worst movie that they've done um, at to this point, I think of the four with uh, South Park, Cannibal, Orgasmo, and this one, I think Orgasmo is pro. To, to me, I think it's the worst of the four. Oh, I don't think so. Real? Okay. Oh, I think this is much, much, much worse than Orgasmo. Um, and and I think one reason why it's not as good this movie. Is like you said in the beginning, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have no creative control in this movie. Mm. None. And that's sort of, they're out of their element in that. So, at First, I was going to give this a 6 out of 10. I think I'm going to bump it down to a 5 out of 10. To be fair. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't feel like we're, we're far away from each other. Mm-mm, four, no. and five, four and a 5. Yeah. I would give, I would give Orgasmo a 5. 
you, you would probably give that a four. Yeah. Um. All right, I have a couple of notes, and then we'll get into some, not all critic reviews, and then IMDb reviews. Um. There were athletes, like we said, there were sports people in this movie, uh, or people in general. Uh, Bob Costas and Al Michaels were the head commentators. We also had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dale Earnhardt, Reggie Jackson, as previously mentioned. Also, Jim Lampley, Kenny Mayne, Tim McCarver, Pat O'Connor, I mean, Pat O'Brien, not Pat O'Connor, uh, Dan Patrick, the band Real Big Fish, uh, Victoria Silvset, uh, who they mentioned many times, was Playmate of the Year, uh, <laughs> uh, Robert Stack, Greg Grunberg, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Peter Tuia Sosopo. If I mess that name up, I do apologize for that. But that, that's one of the things that I feel like they got wrong with this movie. It's like they, they rely a little too much on the success of the other movies he's mm-hmm. made. And I, I, I feel like the director also was the one that phoning in it, it in. I, I mean, it doesn't help having two people that are not really interested in being the lead, being the, the two leads. Because Matt and Trey Parker have said that they are, they they like to be, be behind camera mm-hmm. and do some stuff. And they don't really like to focus on them. Right. They want uh, the focus on the product that they are giving. That's, uh, yeah, it's very true. Um, now the band Real Big Fish they did a ska cover version of the Norwegian band Aha's single "Take on Me." Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little catchy, but I do prefer the original myself. So. Now to the reception. Uh, review website Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a forty percent or 42% approval rating based on 50 critics. That's an average of 5 out of 10. It also garnered a score of 38 out of 100 from 18 critics on Metacritic. Yasmin Bleeth and Jenny McCarthy were nominated at the 1998 Golden Raspberry Awards for Worst Actress and Worst Supporting Actress, respectively, for this movie. Bleeth lost to the Spice Girls for Spice World, which probably means I should not see that movie, and McCarthy lost to Maria Patillo for Godzilla. And then... This movie would later be referenced in a season eight episode, "The Passion of the Jew," where in which Kyle and or Kenny and Stan try to get their money back from seeing Passion of the Christ, where Stan makes a comment and says, "This is about being able to hold bad filmmakers responsible. This is just like when we got our money back for basketball." I like that. I, yeah, that's a catchy one. I, I like that. Um, I wanted to read a few critics' responses, uh, just a one sentence each, and then we'll get to IMDb real quick, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader said, I was bored well before the end, but found the first half hour pretty funny. Uh, Michael O'Sullivan from the Washington Post said, 
What kind of movie is it where Yasmeen Bleeth is the best thing about it? Okay. Uh, Leonard Claddy of Variety said, The vulgar, obvious humor of Zucker brother David and South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone elicits easy, guilty laughs, yet the material has an underlying innocence that's just shy of good, clean fun. And Robert Ebert, who we've talked about this in the past, you and I did, he wrote, it's not very funny and tries to buy laughs with puerile shocks. Um, to IMDb, over 51,000 members uh, gave this movie a star rating. The average rating for this movie is a 6.6 out of 10. It's very interesting. So they are a little bit more favorable of the movie than you and I are. Um, Alright, I, w- I want to read two positive reviews and two negative reviews from IMDb about this movie. So we'll start off with one from Mr. Gore. I don't know if it's Al Gore, but we'll just go. We'll just go with it. Mr. Gore says David Zucker has directed one of the most enjoyable comedies of the year with this goofy farce. Yes, it's a matter of acquired taste and depends upon a wealth of sophomoric gags, but it is consistently funny throughout, unlike some recent comedic efforts. This was written in 1998, by the way. The film is loaded with all kinds of jokes ranging from the blatantly obvious to the more subtler kind that you must pay attention to everything in the frame or you'll likely miss it. Like his previous efforts, which include Airplane, Top Secret, and Naked Gun, the humor flies out almost every second. There are so many moments that work, (coughs) it's easy to overlook the few that fall flat. What sets this movie apart from other pale imitations in the spoof genre is that it has an actual storyline. While others have depended upon making fun of too many famous scenes in almost random movies, take Mafia, please, (coughs) this film tells a new story with likable characters. It touches upon sports films in general as well as satirizing the real sports industry instead of lampooning any specific movies. Even for people who don't care for South Park, its creators, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, make a good pair of leading actors with natural chemistry. The film also makes extremely effective use of cameos of athletes, sports announcers, and other celebrities, especially a hilarious bit with Robert Stack of Unsolved Mysteries. By the way, stay through the credits for a final joke with Bob Costas and Al Michaels. All in all, Zucker has achieved, in words perhaps applying to the movie's mix of sports, a home dunk. Yeah. And he gave it an 8 out of 10. (coughs) Alright, I want to read one more positive, then we'll get into the negative. Uh, This is from Celesticamore who wrote 
There are so many words I want to use to describe this movie, but can't really do that, can I? This movie is a movie to watch if you just want to sit, laugh, cry, and then pee. I'm serious. Don't watch this movie if you're easily offended by profanity, sex, nudity, homosexuality, and everything else associated with nature. Being a woman, and that might not even be a factor, I could watch this movie over and over again. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are absolutely brilliant. Along with all their other debuts, I think Basketball is the prize winner. I'm laughing now just thinking about some of the stupid things they do in the movie. Watch the movie. That's all I'm going to say. It's sort of hard for me... Excuse me. It's sort of hard for me to leave this comment because I'm... One of those people like Ozzy Osbourne who has a curse word in almost every line that blurts out of their mouth when they speak. So I'm keeping it professional. Best movie, heck yeah. She gave it a 10 out of 10. Okay. Well. Mm. That's a little too yeah. nice. A little too nice. Alright, now we have two bad reviews. Uh, this first one is from Andre Balvetti, who wrote, There are two kinds of stupid comedy movies. The ones that are so stupid they become freaking fun and usually cult. And there are those ones that are so stupid that they shouldn't exist. I can't tell exactly where is difference between those these two kinds. I guess no one can. They just fit in one or other. Some are fun, others are pointless. All I know is that I'm sure this one fits the second type. The jokes are lame, old, intellectually offensive. You can't make a funny movie by doing bad jokes on purpose. They just come naturally. Maybe, just maybe, that's the difference between a funny stupid movie and a simply stupid movie. I would rather see David make a fourth Naked Gun than watch this kind of movie again. Ouch. Gave this one a 1 out of 10. And we got one more. And this is from GuyBrush13 who wrote, This movie is like the worst comedy I have ever seen. All jokes here are really stupid, not original, used lots of times in other not very good films. I think this work could be appreciated by me like, hmm, 10 years ago at age of 12. I used to like flat <laughs> jokes around that time. The main disappointment in basketball is watching great men like Trey Parker, creator of the really fantastic Full of Good Jokes show South Park, also writer-director, leading actor of Funny Orgasmo. What did move this talented person to take part in a piece of garbage? He was already famous at that time, and I am really sure he was and is not fond of the script. I think this could be a good scenario for the X-Files. Abduction of Trey Parker. Gave it a 2 out of 10. <coughs> Alright. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shall we end it there? 
I just want to say real quick before we go, I think this is a movie that honestly has not aged well since it first no. came out. And it's a shame because Trey Parker and Matt Stone can do funny things. And this is not one of them. <coughs> That's a bit unfortunate. So yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. You can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. And Fro, where can they follow you? On Banana Scram on Twitter. Alright. Join our Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You just type that in and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I'll put the link in the description box and you will be right there. And don't forget to visit the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World of Podcasts, where your support and donations will help not only this podcast, but other podcasts that I do. <coughs> so the next time Fro is going to be on, we're going to do our last movie that, as of right now, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have done, and that will be Team America World Police. But, but that's going to be after... I get through season 7 of South Park and season 7 begins in our next episode as I review the episode Cancelled. So that's going to be Cancelled. Hope you guys enjoyed this special South Park episode. Um, once again, Fro, thank you for coming on, taking the time out of your schedule to do this. And we'll see you in a few months to review Team America. Bye, everybody. All right, we'll talk to. I'll talk to you guys next week. First, the beginning of season seven of Sharks Pond. Bye. Bye. <laughs>